This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Equity Mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, Very excited for this episode, as always. Just the two of us today. Yes, well, that's generally what happens on a Monday. (laughs) Yeah, we do interviews, we do just two of us. I don't know. Well, just thought I'd set the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for setting the scene. Well, I'll set the context. Today we're discussing, uh, we know ESG is uh, an important thematic that is uh, not going anywhere, that's for sure. True. Uh, uh, unless you have your way. <laughs> no. And, um, and, you know, for a lot of the members of the Equity Mates community, it's uh, an important part of their investing journey. So we're going to do our best to continue to discuss it where we can. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at three stocks that are surprisingly unethical. On surface level, they may appear or you would be surprised if they fall in the unethical basket. Yeah. The the reason that we're doing this episode is we recently did that Woolies demerger episode. And I, I think a lot of people who aren't too familiar with Woolworths as a business were surprised that this supermarket retailer that paints itself green and uh, it calls itself the fresh food people has what? 2,000 poker machines sitting in its back pocket Mm -hmm. um, that it doesn't really talk about but is a big part of... Well, it definitely talks about them. Well, they don't really like to talk about them. (laughs) No, that's (laughs) why they're getting rid of them. (laughs) And it it just shows that like the image that a company presents or the the main business that a company does is you need to go deeper than that if you want to really find out if a company is ethical and meets all your ethical screens. And so we set out to try and find three companies that were similar to Woolworths that um, maybe had an unethical surprise lurking in the corner. You know, one one thing that we often talk about is that you really, if you're going to buy an ethical ETF or an ethical fund, you really have to look at what they're holding. Yeah. There are three major ethical 
ETFs that invest in international stocks in Australia, one from BetaShares, one from Vanguard, one from VanEck. One of them uh, holds all three of these surprisingly unethical stocks. Can't wait. And a number of other surprisingly unethical stocks. Can't wait. So I bet I know which one it is before you even if before we even get to it. Well, let's let's not let's not reveal now. But well, you, I don't know. You'll have I'm, your chance to guess. I reckon I know end. which one it is. Well, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, how this episode is going to work? Um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about these three companies. Um, what they do, and then I'm going to ask you to guess how they're unethical. What the unethical surprise is. Sure. <laughs> um, or we can just talk about it if you don't want to guess. Well, I mean, yeah, let's see how it pans out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then let's talk about these three ETFs because it's a really good example of how you have to look below the surface. So let's start. Uh, first company that is surprisingly unethical, Bayer. Have you heard of it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Massive pharmaceutical company. Massive pharmaceutical company, um, life sciences company, one of the largest pharmaceuticals companies in the world, based in Germany, has three key business areas, pharmaceutical segment. Um, they, I think they either invented aspirin or they commercialized aspirin. Like That's one of their big uh, brands, but they do a whole bunch of stuff, uh, cardiology, therapeutics in areas of oncology, hematology, ophthalmology. Blah, blah, blah. Um, consumer health uh, segment, a lot of over-the-counter medications, pharmaceutical products, skincare, nutritional supplements, all that stuff. Crop science um, segment offers chemical and biological crop protection products, new, different seeds, all that stuff. Um, has a collaboration with a bunch of different companies to develop cancer drugs, uh, new therapies, a whole bunch of stuff. So... Pretty standard pharmaceutical and life sciences company so far. Um, nothing unethical at this point. I had a look at Ticker, um, pulled out some of its numbers. Market cap $63 billion US, $50 billion US dollars in revenue. It actually lost $12.5 billion last year because of COVID, but normally it makes about $4.5 billion in profit a year. So massive company. Um, according to Simply Wall Street, it's trading 62% below their calculation of fair value, which is surprising for a company that big. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm not sure how that number came together. But a pretty pretty stock standard pharmaceutical company. I mean, people. some people would say pharmaceutical companies per se are unethical. I don't know where you sit on that. Yeah, so I'm surprised this is on the list because I... I do you think put these are put most pharmaceutical companies on really? on the the weighted more towards an unethical side yeah. than ethical? Yeah, weighted more. I'm not saying they all are and X, Y, and Z, but I, I feel like if I was to have to draw a line, they'd be slightly leaning why, towards. Why is that? I just feel like their corporate behaviour and. Um, Pursuit of profit <laughs> is disgusting, and we have just lost all potential pharmaceutical sponsors. <laughs> That's fine because they're not, not gonna... that we have many anyway. Um, and but, but don't you think? Yeah. Don't you think our quality of life? Yeah, that, has... of course. There's that side, and I'm not going to debate that because there's no doubt. Okay. There's no doubt, but um, I think it could be a hell of a lot better and more accessible if they approached it with less of a corporate lens and more of a we're doing this for society lens yeah okay does that make sense well, it does 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that these companies... I think every company is just a dumb unit of following incentives and trying to maximize profit within that context. And yeah. I think a lot of the criticisms of pharmaceutical companies at their core are really criticisms of the regulatory environment, intellectual property protections, how we incentivize these companies and how they direct their R&D budgets based on those incentives. But anyway, yeah. let's, 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 for the purposes of this discussion, say that pharmaceutical companies aren't all unethical. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, before we do move on as well, uh, you've mentioned Ticker there. Uh, let's just remind the Equimates community on how we can get access to that. Yeah, so Ticker, uh, if you're in, it's currently in beta, so you can't access it through the front door, but if you want to access it for free, uh, ticker.com slash Equitymates. Yes, and it's T-I-K-R. T-I-K-R. And we, we use Ticker um, for all of the raw data. Every company around the world, well, at least every company I've ever needed to search is on there. Um, transcripts of calls with CEOs and analysts and stuff like that. Really good resource to get some raw data. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, amazing. All right. So... Bayer, pharmaceutical company, life sciences. It has a little unethical surprise in there if you dig deep enough. My feeling would be, and this is without looking at any notes, but I know uh, my feeling would be that it would uh, be related to the crop science part of the business. You're correct. Yeah, because I know that they did a dirty deal with... with um, uh, you're Monsanto. Gonna get, you're going to get it nice. Monsanto. Nice. Yeah, Monsanto? Yeah, yeah. Monsanto. Monsanto, yeah. yeah, who are very unethical. Very unethical. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is the unethical surprise if you peel back the layers of the corporate structure. Monsanto, Bayer first bid for in 2016, uh, closed the deal in 2018. Monsanto is uh, was a leader in uh, genetically modified crops and there's a whole bunch of issues about how they've aggressively protected their intellectual property around uh, these GM crops mm. and stopped farmers using organic seeds and mm. a whole bunch of stuff. But there's a particularly unethical uh, element to Monsanto, well, now Bayer at the moment, which is um, Monsanto's uh, leading herbicide uh, called Roundup. Roundup, yeah, with the cancer stuff. With the cancer stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, they have been sued by a number of people because they alleged that Roundup caused cancer and specifically uh, glyphosate in the in the product. Didn't, uh, the, didn't the US um, school gardener or something... He got really sick from it and walked and managed to sue them for hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. So that that there was a couple of leading cases, that being one of them. There's now 125,000 cases. Wow. Yeah. But Bayer remains committed to Roundup as a home and garden product, as well yeah, as yeah, because they're just denying it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they can't really deny it so much because the courts have basically said it's a problem. Uh, uh, looking at, at actually looking on ticker, I was reading the transcript of their latest call with analysts, um, and they said they were reviewing the use of glyphosate in home and garden products, but they're not walking away from it yet. They're not walking away from it for industrial agriculture. Um, and it's not just it's just this little business. Well, it's actually not it's a massive. little business. It was like a $60 billion business. <laughs> yeah. Bayer's actually been, it's kind of been a terrible acquisition. The They bought Monsanto for $60 billion. 
the Bayer's market cap is now $60 billion and they've lost half their value over the last couple of years. But yeah, if you think of Bayer as a pharmaceutical company, makers of aspirin, also, would you know, makers of heroin... They commercialized heroin back in the day. There you go. Not the first to make it, but That's the first unethical. to bring it to market. <laughs> <laughs> Look what um, it's done. Uh, you may not realize that uh, beneath it all is Monsanto, this company that would go down in the pantheon of unethical companies. Yeah, fair yeah. call. So that's one. And uh, let's put a pin in that because we will come back because Bayer is held in one of those three Love ethical ETFs. <laughs> All right, before we talk about the next company, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So, Bryce, second company. You might actually think this one's unethical uh, straight off the bat. Um, Nestle, ethical or unethical? It's interesting you say that. I, I mean, I don't really know enough about it. I'm a Cabri man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a Cabri man. And um, what's the New Zealand chocolate? Uh, Whitaker's. Deli- oh, wow. delicious. You're, you're too fancy for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine this is to do with um, supply chain, I would assume. You would assume. Uh, there are criticisms, but Coco. No. Okay. Let's. So, I, as I was doing some, I, part of the reason I wanted to include Nestle is just I want to tell you how big it is. Okay. So, get ready. Strap yourself in. So, it's the largest food company in the world measured by revenue and other metrics. It's been the largest since 2014. Uh, Swiss company, still based in Switzerland. 29 of Nestle's brands have sales of over $1 billion a year. Jeez. 20, like, that's pretty impressive. Uh, they have over 8,000 brands operating in 194 countries. But I want to give you a list of a lot of the brands they own because it's just it's it's pretty mind-blowing how big they are. So, they offer baby food under... Surliac, Gerber, and Natraness brands. Probably not relevant for us. No. Maybe you soon, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bottled water under Nestle Pure, Perrier, Poland Spring, Esperi- 
Pellegrino. Pellegrino. I knew you'd get that. Cereals under Fitness, Nesquik, Cheerios, Lions Cereals brand, and there's a number of cereals under that Lions brand. Chocolate and confectionery, confectionery under Kit Kat, Nestle, La Atelier, Nestle Toll House, Milky Bar, Smarties, Quality Street, Aereo, uh, Gario, a few others that I can't even pronounce. Coffee under Nescafe Nespresso, which are those pods that you love. Nescafe, a bunch more. Starbucks brand coffee is made by them. Uh, like frozen foods under Maggie, Hot Pockets, Stoffler, Thorny, Jacks, Tombstone, a few others that I can't pronounce. Lean Cuisine, Dairy under Carnatio, Coffee Mate, a few other brands that we don't have in Australia. Drinks under Milo, Nesquik, Neste, a few others. The list keeps going on. Basically, name a food category they have five brands at the very least in yeah. that category. Walk down a supermarket shelf, throw a dart, you'll probably hit a Nest- Nestle product. Toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> didn't see it, but I bet you they have it. They got pet care. They got pet care, Purina. Well, they got what? It's pretty big. I feel like a lot of European brands? brands. Like I think it's bigger in... It would be bigger in Europe than penetration here in Australia, I, would, I reckon. Probably. Yeah. bigger, Big in America as well. Yeah. But like the... The takeaway from this is this is this company is everywhere. This company is huge. This company has made food that you will eat this year, this week, today, probably. Um, well, yeah, you eat Maggie noodles every day for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you start the day with four scoops of Milo, no milk. <laughs> um, and to give you some numbers, so I jumped on ticker, had a look. $356 billion US, US dollar market cap, massive company. $84 billion in revenue a year, $12 billion in profit. According to Simply Wall Street, uh, it's trading 23 below, 23% below its estimate of fair value. Again. Jeez, all right. Yeah. Probably because of COVID, I reckon. Oh, that doesn't make any sense, actually. No, actually, Nestle did really well during yeah. COVID. They, all the chalky pro- bars. Their profit stayed very stable. Yeah. 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 All the chalky bars. <laughs> <laughs> but Nestle... Uh, well, look, Nestle has a number of controversies, but amongst it all, there was one very unethical surprise that I found. Yeah, well, as I said, my my thinking leans towards supply chain somewhere within these businesses, um, but I feel like that's too obvious. Um, pet care, maybe it's in um, how their uh, animal cruelty is a guess. Um Ice cream, no healthcare. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, I, those are just my two guesses. If I was to have to lock them in in a million dollar question, I'd. I'd <laughs> You're have sweating go, here. I'd have to go 50 50. <laughs> uh, luckily, a million dollars isn't on the line. <laughs> well, I'd be going, yeah. Those but are look, my two guesses. But look, you're both right. There are animal welfare, animal testing critiques, there's supply chain critiques, there's um, water use and resource use critiques. Um, all what of which you one, would yeah. probably think would push it out of an ethical screen. But a reminder, it is in one of these ethical ETFs. No surprises. But um, that's not the unethical surprise that I found. It's Nestle is the target of the world's longest consumer boycott. Oh, really? Yeah. Since 1988, there's been a massive global consumer boycott against Nestle. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a fair point. 
<laughs> if it's no. the biggest food company in the world. Yeah, that is fair. I mean, it's it's not a. Oh, I mean, I, it is about Nestle generally. There's like all these posters that you see. I've never seen one in Australia, but I would assume in Europe and um, where some of these countries where this stuff happened, which we'll get to in a second. There's like a whole like Nestle free zone like posters that go up in shop windows and stuff like that. What for? Why? Why Nestle? So the boycott is led by an organization called Baby Milk Action. And the organization says that Nestle contributes to the unnecessary death and suffering of infants around the world by aggressively marketing baby food in breach of international marketing standards. And the organization says that Nestle's own internal report found 107 instances of non-compliance with its baby milk marketing policies in 2019. But is there anything wrong with the product? Uh, I think I think the well, no. The critique is that Nestle aggressively market um, infant formula to uh, especially poorer countries, um, and they do things like they give free samples of infant formula to mothers in the hospital, and then if you start your baby on infant formula. I think it affects how you lactate in those mm. early days and then you're basically hooked on the infant formula and then you've got to charge and then Nestle charge and there's a whole bunch of stuff around that. Um, now, obviously, we do not have enough information on this to make definitive statements, but that that's the they're the allegations and the reports. Um, but yeah, target of the world's longest consumer boycott for what... 23 years. Yeah, okay. So, I, I get it. How many people in this boycott action? Didn't count. Yeah, like, is it one person? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, like, legit. Like, the UN have done reports on it and stuff. Like, it's... Uh, uh, the US Congress has done reports on it. Like, it's a legit boycott. And then, what, they can't bring any action against Nestle? Too big. No, 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 no. If they're breaching rules, like, there's action that can be brought. Uh, but has any action been brought against them? Or is it just a... Mm, slap on the wrist what you're doing is within the with technically within the rules but it's it's a bit dirty is that what we're looking at i think at here? that's it yeah. yeah okay but isn't that what we do with most of these ethical screens like sure mining coal is within the rules yeah 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 mm, no, but no. it's a bit dirty yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not saying uh that it's not unethical okay um, okay yours, i'm trying yours... to get my head around if yeah so there's actually nothing wrong with the product it's not like they're giving out shitty Correct. It's not like they've got arsenic in their infant formula. Yeah, they yeah, do they, not have that. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's be very clear. It's yeah. just the way that they push it. They're um, quite the ag- yeah, quite aggressive. Okay, wouldn't have picked that, but um, hey, that's why it's an unethical surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this last one, again, uh, going on the theme of you probably already think it's unethical, but I struggled to find companies that were really ethical that had a bad unethical surprise. Mm-hmm. Um. JP Morgan. Okay. Ethical or unethical? Well, given the corporate cash cow that I am. um (laughs) (laughs) Given how much we want Jamie Dimon to do an interview on Equity Mates. (laughs) Ethical or unethical? I I haven't actually considered JB or any of those big banks, but I mean, if you were to, I mean, if I I was putting a, if I'm putting pharmaceuticals in there, you'd prob- I'd probably be leaning this one more on the unethical side as okay. well. Yeah. So for people who are unfamiliar with JP Morgan, quick set of facts. Uh, American multinational investment bank, financial services holding company headquartered in New York. Uh, it would either be the largest or the second largest investment bank in the world. Um, number of se- business segments 
consumer and community banking, corporate and investment banking, commercial banking, asset and wealth management. Um, had, a ju- uh, had a look on ticker. The numbers actually surprised me. Market cap of half a trillion dollars, 500 billion. I didn't realize it was that big. Massive, isn't it? The biggest investment bank in the world. Yeah, yeah. Must Biggest or second biggest, I think. I don't mm. know how big Goldman is. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, it's big. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's not small. <laughs> it's done pretty well. Um, revenue of 100 billion, profit of 29 billion. You've got to love those margins. Mm. Um, Simply Wall Street, again, trading 10% below its estimate of fair value. I think the analysts at Simply Wall Street have very generous estimates of fair value. Well, I don't think they use analysts, don't they? Just pull it all in. Maybe they're using um, current interest rates as the discount rate in Cheap. a discounted cash flow. Yeah, well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we'll but... Have to, um, we'll have to ask them. Yeah, we will. We will. And JP Morgan seems to be getting serious about uh, climate change. Yes, um, that's good. The US... So, recent announcement, the US company will source at least 70% of its own power needs from on-site renewables and off-site long-term renewable energy contracts by 2025 and also ensure that all of its company-owned vehicles are electric by the same date. Um, Talking a lot about funding more renewables, reducing carbon intensity. Smoke screens. Maybe, maybe. So that's the company. It's an, an investment bank which has an unethical veneer to it, but it hasn't been criticized in the same way that Goldman has for you know some of the things that it's done and um ethical or uh, what what do you think the ethical unethical the, surprise is the easy route i think would be to say look under the hood at what they're investing in or who they're supporting yeah. um so that would probably be my first consideration if it was a million dollar question my second would then go to like corporate culture uh, and corporate governance, so like how they treat their employees. Maybe it's like the number one company in the world with the worst employee rating or something along those lines. So that's where I go. Or like worst, you know, no females on the board or something along those lines. Am I right? Well, you've you've given a lot of guesses there. Oh, they're too too large chunks. <laughs> <laughs> too large chunk guesses. <laughs> uh, you're right. Your first guess. Your your first. Uh, Which was under the hood. What they're investing in. Who they're supporting. In. Yeah. Yeah. So and you nailed it with the whole smoke stra- screen around the carbon stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's just a. So, J.P. Morgan is the world's largest funder of fossil fuels, um, bar none. $317 billion over the past five years into coal, oil, and gas. Wow. Now, that's a big number, biggest number in the world. You won't find a bigger number anywhere. <laughs> um, but it's hard to put that in uh, into context, like $317 billion in the context of how much is being like, invested. What does it get you, yeah. Um, so I jumped onto Ticker and looked at ExxonMobil and um, Saudi Aramco, Um uh, to give you some context in terms of how much they're investing, to put it in comparison. So, JP Morgan, $317 billion over the past five years into um, coal, oil and gas, a lot of that into new projects, exploration. Exxon, over the past five years, $7 billion in exploration and drilling. Over the past five years combined, $7 billion into exploring for new like oil and gas reserves and stuff like that and actually drilling fraction of what jp did mm. saudi aramco um biggest oil company in the world one, yeah. 1.8 trillion dollar market cap even a company that large that reliant on oil over the past five years 
its exploration, drilling, and R&D costs all combined $15.5 billion. Wow. So just the amount of Scale. money that these oil and gas companies are investing in finding new reserves and drilling those new reserves is pales in comparison to these big investment banks, JP Morgan leading them. In 2020 alone, JP Morgan put $51 billion into fossil fuel financing. Compare that to, you know, the market cap of some of these big companies. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I wonder if um, it'll come back to bite them in years to come. Like, what's their what's their expected turnaround on these investments? I wonder. I'm sure they de-risk these deals. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like they're back. They're obviously clearly backing. I wonder what they. I wonder if they've gone the other way as well and have they've obviously put money into renewables. I would imagine. Yeah, but um, better probably not to the scale yeah. of that. Yeah, but like that, people might be like saying well so what that of course these big banks fund fossil fuel projects we know that's the problem but the point is that these three companies nestle jp morgan and bayer are all in one of these oh it's time for ATMs. a grilling <laughs> it's time for a grilling but before we reveal which one uh we're going to take a quick ad break to hear from our sponsors Okay, Bryce, uh, back from the ad break into the big reveal. So we've spoken about three companies um, and how if you look under the hood, you might find areas of their business, things that they're investing in, um, things that uh, are happening around their business that may fall afoul of your ethical screen. So you really have to do the work and understand all aspects of a business. We started this conversation by saying there are three global shares ETFs with an ethical screen. That was a confusing way of saying yeah. that. There are three ethical ETFs that invest in global shares. There are a number There's of There's heaps more than three. Sorry, no, listed in Australia. There's only three. There's a number that invest in Australian shares. There's some that invest in Australian uh, that invest in like fixed income and stuff like that. Um Oh, sorry, sorry. The other the other clarification is large caps. Okay. Yeah. Because there, there are some like small cap um, active ETFs and stuff like that. Now, Bryce is fact checking me, so we might edit out a bit of time, but he's going to fact check me and he'll come back and agree with me. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay. So, the three uh, ethical ETFs that are focused on large cap international shares. Mm-hmm. BetaShares Global Sustainability Leaders, ASX ticker ETHI. Mm-hmm. Vanguard Ethically Conscious International Shares, ASX ticker VESG. VanEck Vectors, MSCI International Sustainable Equities, ASX ticker ESGI. Mm-hmm. One of those funds have all three of these companies. Okay. Which do you think it is? <coughs> so, I know that... Um <laughs> no, uh, this is this is going to sound funny, but um, my answer to this is purely based on the names here, and uh, the vaguest name is the Vanguard Ethically Conscious International Shares ETF. Um, Vega. Well, Vanek. I just um, look. I think Vanek yep. would have put more thought into what goes into their ETF. Right. And I know that they're generally more concentrated. I could be very wrong, but I, I know that they're generally more concentrated. Equally, 
I'm pretty sure beta shares, given that they've also just booted Tesla and we'll think about and we'll talk about that in a minute, but have probably done a bit more research. Ethically conscious international shares from Vanguard, I think gives them the license to include as many companies as possible. Well, you've absolutely nailed it. Nice. <laughs> really, Vanguard? Yeah. So, to give you some details, BetaShares and VanEck have uh, between 200 and 300 companies um, in those ETFs. Um, Vanguard have about 1,600. Um, 1,600 companies in that ETF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, see, what the hell? Like that- I've got the full holdings here. That, that's exactly my point. It's it's just that they've they've tried to create a- Oh, yeah, I've tried to create an ETF that. Well, they've screened about four hundred companies out of the investable universe. Apparently, I was looking on their website. It was over two thousand companies in the index. They screened out about four hundred. No tobacco, no booze. Like that's probably. Yeah, maybe no oil gaming, companies directly, oil, but yeah. but this is this is where I think it becomes really important. It's like. You don't have oil companies, but you but have you've JP got Morgan. JP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I, I went a bit deeper, scrolled down the list, compared the three. I'm going to throw out a couple more companies. You tell me if you think they should sit in or out of an ethical ETF, and I'll tell you which ones do and don't. Okay. Coca-Cola. Out. Uh, Beta Shares has it out. Vanguard has it in. Vanek has it out. Yeah, water. Isn't it one of the biggest consumers of water in the world? Yeah, and also I guess there's a question around like selling sugary drinks to kids yeah, and yeah. obesity and all that stuff. Vanguard has Coke in. Okay. Boeing. Um, in. Yeah, I don't actually have that much problem with Boeing. Obviously, they have had a difficult recent record. Yeah. None of them have it Boeing in the... Wow. Yeah. Weapons? Like, what? Oh, you know what? You've absolutely nailed it. It's because we're thinking of their civilian... Fight, but they're in war. Yeah, but they also create weapons for the US military. Mm. That is a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, American Express. In. Credit cards in. Yeah. Beta shares has it in. Vanguard has it in. Vanek does not have it in. Nice. Uh, Electronic Arts, the EA, EA, sports. one of the most hated companies in the world, <coughs> famous for the loot box. Um, for those gamers out there, EA, it's in the game. Is yeah, that it? yeah. Um, yes, it's got to be in. It's got to be in. It is not in beta shares. Oh, it's wow. in the other two. Why, I wonder. The loot boxes are. Um, Talked about as equivalent to gambling in some senses. I don't know what the loot box yeah, is. Yeah, I don't really know either, but I was reading about that. I also think they don't treat... Uh, this is all from what I've read, but their relationships with some of the smaller game developers that they contract to apparently is a little bit fraught at times. Interesting. Uber and Lyft. Let's do them together. Um, out. Out. Why out? Treatment of contractors or yeah. drivers yeah i tend to agree out of beta shares out of vanek in, in of vanguard. vanguard 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 this does this shouldn't like we don't want this to be uh we're just no we're not we're ripping, on ripping vanguard, on we are ripping on vanguard <laughs> well, no, it's, it's because vanguard i think i think better. yeah well i think the the key message here as always when we talk about esg is that um it means different things to different people and uh, as 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 this thematic grows and um, integrates into everyone's investing journey, I think um, we're going to see more and more sort of concentration as the years go on. But um, for now, it's not surprising that there's such divergence between product and, and you know, 
everyone's doing different things and smoke screens everywhere at this stage. So yeah. Now, uh, this is purely just to continue to highlight the challenge that everyone faces when it comes to ethical investing and the difficulties in actually trying to look under the hood. So, um, I think this yeah. is a really good segue into what is perhaps the most controversial company that uh, that you wanted to talk about, which is Tesla. Yes. I don't think it's the most controversial, but um, this is hot off the press. We're recording this on the 10th of June, and only yesterday it was announced that uh, BetaShares, one of the largest uh, providers of ETFs here in Australia, have removed Tesla from their sustainability ETF, uh, citing that the carmaker has failed to address labor and environmental concerns. Now, we know we spoke to Adam Verway from Future Super last year, and I think they booted Tesla as well or didn't even have them in for very similar reasons around uh, labor and the environment. <laughs> Quite uh, ironic given that Elon has been tweeting about the environmental impacts of mining Bitcoin. Well, quite, quite <laughs> ironic that uh, Tesla has moved the Overton window in terms of how we make cars, how we think about cars. Yeah. The second order effects of what Tesla has done will be significant improvement. Yeah, yeah. So, look... Um, it's been it's been dumped from their yeah ethi as we've spoken about ethi is the ticker, um, and I think it's just testament that these companies or these ETF providers do keep their finger on the pulse. Um, but if you're invested in that ETF because of Tesla, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're investing in any ETF because of one individual company, um. Examine your thesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, a few, a few examples. Sorry, Ren, just to close that out. Um, you know, around their labour, uh, a quick example is that uh, the most recent is during COVID last year, when everyone was at home. Tesla reopened their factory in in California, despite local authorities warning against it, and forced quite a large contingent of their uh, labour force back in, and subsequently. Uh, a lot of them got COVID. So that's just one example, I guess, of uh, many which have led to the decision to remove them. Now, uh, given we have these ETF holdings here, so obviously Tesla no longer in beta shares, FE1. What do you reckon about the other two? Well, I'd have to say it's in Vanguard. <laughs> yeah, it's in Vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, in Vanek. Yeah, I would have thought yes, but no. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. Um. Yeah, it, I, 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 we've said this so many times, but you just got to look under the hood of these products. Same with like the active ETFs that you can get. There are like smaller cap ethical active ETFs. Look at what they hold. Not only look under the hood, but then it's, it's fair to say that. And it's easy if you're look, looking under the hood at like what's in the ASX 200. The challenge with these is looking under the hood and then actually deciding whether or not those companies should be under the hood. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah. And then because you, you got to then look under the hood of each of the companies in there. There's a lot of hood looking. There is a lot of hoods <laughs> that you got to pop. Um, and it, it shouldn't be a matter of scaring you off ethical investing if that's what you want to do from a moral perspective or like that's how you want to be an investor. You want to invest ethically. My biggest suggestion is if you don't want to pop all those hoods and look under them, Find an ethical manager that you've heard interviewed, maybe on Equity Mates, maybe somewhere else, or that you reach out to and you speak to or you email with. 
that you're comfortable with that they can you you trust them to look under the hood. Yes, because yeah, someone's right. got to be looking under the hood. Someone's otherwise hoods can get very dirty. <laughs> <Hot>. <laughs> nice one, Ren. Well, that um, there's three stocks that uh, might surprise you that are unethical, but at the end of the day, we've made it pretty clear that to some they are, to some they aren't. So um, the challenge still remains to find. Uh, an ease at which she can invest ethically. Um, but we'll continue to do our best over, well, the remainder of our time in Equity our Mates <laughs> <laughs> to bring more information to help you make ESG investment decisions. But would before Equity we- Mates pass an ethical screen? Vanguard Absolutely. would definitely have ethic- <laughs> Equity Mates in. <laughs> Absolutely. We do have Bitcoin on the balance sheet. So anyway, um, before we close out, Ren, uh, we do have a lot of calls from the community to get uh, Specky McGee back on. So we will be having him on very shortly. But another one of the little segments that we've been doing recently is uh, Crypto Corner, just to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world of crypto, which is brought to you by Bamboo, a micro investing app for digital assets, as well as gold and silver. So if you want to dip your toe into the water for uh, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, gold or silver, head to getbamboo.io. Use the code EquityMates and they'll throw $10 of Bitcoin your way. Or $10 to, I guess, put in gold, silver, Ethereum or Bitcoin. So get bamboo.io and use the code EquityMates. But Ren, Crypto Corner, a quick two minutes on something that has uh, yeah. p- piqued our interest. You would have thought that the fall in Bitcoin had tempered Bryce's uh, love of this asset class. But <laughs> it no, it has not. Uh, Bryce is all about dollar cost averaging in and... Uh, you use bamboo to do it. I use bamboo to do yes. it. Where do you think the home of Bitcoin is these days? The home of Bitcoin. The home of Bitcoin. The um, spiritual home. Tesla. No, <laughs> like a, a place, a place. Oh, um, uh, Russia. No, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so Miami is the Bitcoin mecca. The mayor there is uh, going all in on Bitcoin. There was recently the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami. A lot of Bitcoin entrepreneurs are moving to Miami. Miami is the place to be if you want to retire, get a tan or talk crypto. <laughs> and recently, uh, as of a couple of days ago, the largest ever real estate purchase in cryptocurrency was done, guess where? Miami. Miami. <laughs> a $22.5 million Miami penthouse was sold just using crypto. Bitcoin specifically? Doesn't say. <laughs> Come rockets. Maybe Dogecoin. Well, there you go. The, the, what, the, the highest uh, property around the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Most but, expensive property? Most expensive, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. $22.5 million exchange in crypto. Um, nice. Well, that's our crypto corner for the week. That is. Thank you, Ren. <laughs> brought, brought to you by Bamboo. Well, that is uh, the end of the show today. Um, we make this show for you guys, uh, the community here at Equity Mates. So visit equitymates.com slash contact to send us a message. We are on socials as well. Hit us up there. We'll do our best to respond. Or Emily, our social media coordinator, will do her best to respond on our behalf if we can't get to all of them. Uh 
one of the things that we would really appreciate that uh, you could do for us that makes a big difference is to actually rate and review uh, our episodes and our podcasts uh, across the board. So head to iTunes if you have it and uh, leave us a review. If it's anything less than five stars, we'd rather you take it up with us personally than leave a comment on iTunes. <laughs> Look, I'm pretty confident the Vanguard employees are going to be coming in and giving us some bad reviews. So we really need people to come and balance that out. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> so we appreciate um, we appreciate all the comments that you do leave us. Um, and you know, the bigger the audience that we can grow, the better it is for you guys. The bigger this show can become, the better guests, the we better can guests get, we get. get. Exactly. So, um, really help us there if you can. But Ren, always good to chat stocks, specifically three that are unsu- uh, that are surprisingly unethical. We'll get them up uh, on on socials. But uh, we'll chat next week. Don't make promises about. Oh, Emily's no, here no, now, I'm so we will get promises. them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's chat next week. Nice. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.